Hello and welcome back to the Carson Daily Show, the crypto culture talk show nobody asked for. Happy February. Why did I say like that? Happy February, y'all. My favorite month of the year. And I'll tell you why. One, it's short. Two, Valentine's Day, my birthday, and my anniversary with my honey each have four days apart. It is by far the most expensive week of the year for him and the happiest week of the year for me. Just want to be annoying and say thank you so much to everyone that has been tuning in. Special shout outs to Cuban Toast, Black Dave, Joff, Billy, and others who have gone out of their way to show me love and support in the replies and DMs. I love y'all and to everybody else. I am going to keep getting better and making this show awesome for you all. So stay with me. Okay, on that note, let's get to it. You're here for one thing and one thing only because you want to know what I've come across in my weekly internet perusing. This week, I'm fully invested in the Cockfosters' departure from Nifty Gateway, AI titties on OnlyFans, and the sudden resurgence of open editions. Plus, don't forget, NFA. Okay, let's roll. Last Thursday, the twin co-founders of Nifty Gateway, Duncan and Griffin Cockfoster, announced they would be stepping down from their leadership positions after nearly four years at the preeminent digital art and NFT platform. A leaked Twitter thread of this news was kind of the official unofficial notice to crypto and NFT Twitter. And the response was quite a mixed bag. Of course, that meant that I had to jump on the bandwagon and I shared a tweet congratulating the two. The Cockfosters' impact and effect on the adoption and implementation of NFTs and digital art is undeniable and immeasurable. To back that up, I found an article written by NFT Culture, who gave a much better and much more well-researched summary of their achievements than I ever could. During their time at Nifty Gateway, more than $500 million was paid out to artists who shared their work on the platform. A large number of artists and collectors were onboarded to the NFT market. New innovations for selling NFTs were made possible. Big companies and celebrities went to market with NFTs, which increased the reach, popularity, and publicity of the new technology. And loads more was achieved toward their company's mission, which is, we will not rest until 1 billion people are collecting NFTs. So here's a bit of history. Nifty Gateway was acquired by cryptocurrency exchange Gemini in 2019. And another fun fact, Gemini was actually founded by another set of twin brothers, Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss. If the Winklevoss name rings a bell, it's because you might remember it from the salacious, dramatized film adaptation of the origin story of Facebook titled The Social Network. Yes, the Winklevoss twins were rugged by the heinous and dishonorable Mark Zuckerberg and then portrayed on screen by the even more dishonorable and possibly cannibalistic Army Hammer. Wild. Anyways, back to the Cockfosters, Duncan and Griffin apparently allotted a maximum of four years to continue to steer the ship and lead the decentralized digital art revolution at Nifty Gateway. They loved it so much that they ended up staying the whole time. So after all that, it certainly makes sense that people would be wondering why leave and more importantly, why now? This is where my hot take comes in. Their departure could very well be the definitive sign of success. It takes a lot of courage and confidence to be able to separate yourself as a founder from the product you build, especially when it's relatively still in its infancy. 
I take this departure as a signal of their certainty and confidence that they built a brand with a mission and infrastructure strong enough to no longer require their oversight to be successful. So yeah, I'm pretty bullish on the Cockfosters. Plus, they follow me on Twitter, so how could I not be? I will say the only thing that made me feel bearish in the whole announcement is Duncan saying he wants to learn how to serve. And I'm bearish on this because I'm far too invested in the death conspiracy theories related to Web3 figureheads dying in open water. Also, Duncan, don't ask for surfing tips from Twitter. Definitely not NFT Twitter. That's like asking for dating advice from Reddit or financial advice from me. Just as quickly as it was posted, their announcement was forgotten by the Web3 Twitter community when a new viral tweet caused blood to rush from one brain to another. One tweet that implied AI or artificial intelligence presented a threat to OnlyFans and to hot girls at large. The instigator of it all appeared to be at Hearterium, who posted an image generated by an AI bot of four blonde women posing in lingerie and argued the image was real enough to start an OnlyFans. This set off an atomic bomb of arguments between reply guys, incel anons, hot girls, and everyone in between, proving that no matter what side of the argument you were on, there was no limit to how fucking stupid and ignorant you could come across. Let me start with the objective facts here. Speculation and slut-shaming aside, someone intending to use an AI-generated character or AI-generated images cannot logistically participate in any earning on the platform. There are laws, payment processing regulations, proof of identity, and face recognition processes in place that creators must comply with before launching an OnlyFans. Not to mention, OnlyFans doesn't want to endorse sexually explicit content. They have time and time again threatened to and even followed through with the banning of such content and creators. If you want to learn more, listen to episode three of The Carson Daily Show featuring Courtney Tilia. Secondly, and subjectively speaking, Laura Luck said it best when she said in a tweet, titties belonging to a realistic AI-generated character will never be as interesting as titties belonging to a girl I subscribe to. No matter how perfect or conventionally attractive the AI image is, there is only so much we can do as a society to dehumanize sex and sexuality before it becomes just physiologically improbable and no longer fun. Like what is more fun? Subscribing to a girl who exists and therefore even by a one one billionth of a chance could potentially want you back or an AI generated model? That is, in some respects, an advantage the AI has over the human model. It won't ever have to pretend it's interested in the incel subscribers that live rent-free in their DMs. On one side of the argument, there were men who lamented their disgust and trust issues in the replies, and I get it. They want to know if the person they are looking at is an AI fabrication they could never touch in real life, or a real woman who could, they could also never touch in real life. It is truly an important distinction. Another silver lining is the likelihood of increased sexual stamina. For the first time, thirsty neckbeards will last more than 30 seconds staring at women in lingerie, if only due to the fact that they'll be so intensely scrutinizing the images for some kind of proof of life. Which Indie 100 called out in their article as being the one problem in this master plan that I'm calling the AI hotbot takeover. 
Details like inconsistent fingers, connected body parts, and strange poses were listed as things that might put people off the images, including one where hands are growing out of a chick's head. Frankly, I think this is a gross underestimation of people's standards, attention to detail, and most of all, their kinks. Speaking of kinks, the last week has made NFT Twitter very horny for open editions. Some people are calling this the rise of the open edition, but I don't subscribe to that because, well, they're not new. If anything, they're becoming this tool and signal of rebellion from the artists in the NFT space. No, not the PFPs, not the quote projects or communities. They're like a fuck you to the money sucks and exit liquidity finessing that the NFT community has been cucked by for the last 12 months. First of all, for those who don't know, an open edition is an NFT drop with no set supply limit. As long as the drop window remains open, collectors can mint the art. Maybe people are implying there is a resurgence because there was a lot of commentary around X copies, $23 million open edition mint back in March, 2022, which then of course led to pleas and demands of when utility from the DGENs. Well, you can leave it to Ness Graphics to lead the charge in fucking those DGENs right off. His open edition NFT titled The Money Printer Goes Burr closed out after over 20,000 tokens were minted, grossing over $2 million in sales. More artists have followed his lead, and frankly, even more should. The reality is, is that no matter what you do in the NFT space, you're a cash grabber. If you don't create a digital asset that instantly yields a life-changing or at the very least wife-changing return on investment, you're a cash grab rug artist scammer. So as an artist, you can either let basement dwelling, discord squatting nobodies tell you what to do and how to live your life, or you can latch on to the revolutionary concept that artists deserve to have an income. In fact, everyone deserves to have an income. How that income is spent, i.e. if people are choosing to spend their money on your artwork based on speculation or the possibility that they might be able to resell it for more than they bought it for, is literally beyond your control and beyond your concern. So do an open edition right now. Sell 10. Do one tomorrow. Sell 100. Do one next week, next month, next year. Do them until you make 2 million fucking dollars. Who cares what anyone says or thinks? NFTs are a scam. Art is a scam. Life is a scam. If you can't beat them, join them. Just make sure you do it before someone creates an AI of a hot woman who in turn creates an open edition NFT of her pixel titties because that will truly be the end of days. Let's do NFA. Woo woo. Not Financial Advice is brought to you by me. It is advice that has absolutely no credibility other than the fact that it has come from me. I'm doing a special NFA, Valentine's edition. Between now and Valentine's Day, I'm going to be playing Matchmaker. If you want to play, go to my Twitter, look at my pinned tweet, fill out the type form survey. It only takes a minute. And I will share your Valentine on my show. And I'll even tag your crush in a tweet to my followers. Yeah, that's like free promo, baby. You can do it anonymously or as yourself. You can do it romantically or platonically. You can even troll someone. I don't care. Just play the goddamn game. Okay, this week's Valentines are in. 
This first Valentine comes from our friend and a favorite guest, Eyelids. Eyelids has a message for Tashina. Tashina, here are some things he loves about you. You're a babe. You support his crazy ideas. You make delicious vegan food like spaghetti and Japanese curry. And you love animals, including your farty Frenchie. Plus, you think Eyelids has a cute butt. This next Valentine is from the Scottish Beauty King, and it goes out to Shripto. The message from your admirer, Scottish Beauty King Shripno, is that you hold some fire and they want to taste. Here is another one from Caden. Caden has a Valentine named Keisha. Keisha, you are smart kind, cute, and also smart again. You are a quadruple combo. The last Valentine today is from Cree Billy Eve. And this Valentine goes to the entire Jeevils community and Kid 8 in particular. Kid 8, you are Billy's inspiration as a designer, but also as a person. And he wants you to know he loves you, baby. Okay, that wraps this episode segment of Not Financial Advice. Getting into a relationship or expressing love for your crush is definitely not financial advice, but it is February. Valentine's Day is coming up, and I like to, you know, make magic happen. So, again, if you have a crush, and you want to tell them anonymously or as yourself, then hit me up on Twitter and fill out my survey. Um, I'm running out of tight form space, but I will extend it if enough people do it. And if not, I'm going to just start some rumors about people. So anyways, thank you so much for tuning in to the Carson Daily Show. I'm Carson Daly, and you can't go a week in crypto without me. You already know that you can't. Please follow this channel. Please rate me five stars. If you're not going to rate me five stars, at least rate me four and then come back next week and watch how I improve. My haters are my motivators. Okay, Um, that's all. The Carson Daly Show is a essential media production written by me and my better comedic half, James Carr, with music by Woody. See you next Tuesday. Bye.